Hey, one more thing before you go. Are you overwhelmed, stressed, frustrated, and feel alone in your journey to better health? Are you a woman looking for a way to slow down, quiet the noise, and open your mind to retake control of your life? In this episode, we're going to learn some techniques to do just that in a holistic and a naturopathic way as we have a conversation with a certified personal trainer and fitness nutrition specialist. Welcome to One More Thing Before You Go. I'm your host, Michael Hurst. This is The Thing About the Wellness Wingman. My guest in this episode is Philip Anthony Mangan. He helps overwhelmed women lose weight and regain control of their lives through daily personalized support. He is a model, a commercial actor, an environmental activist, and a certified personal trainer, as well as a fitness nutrition specialist. Philip is going to help you to understand how to get better control of your health, both mentally and physically, with some basic techniques that will help you to focus, get support, and help you to overcome and move your life forward in a very positive way. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate you having me on. It, it's an interesting journey that you've had. I've looked at your website, and I've read some of your, your clients' statements and everything that they do, and it is amazing what you've been able to do with helping people. Can we talk about uh, a little bit, like, where'd you grow up? Let's start in the beginning. Yeah, yeah sure. I appreciate that, that, those kind words. And yeah, I grew up in Florida, I'm currently in Florida right now, but I grew up in a, a little outside of Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and grew up. I spent most of my life actually here until until I went to college and went over up to North Florida State University and went to school for hospitality and I got a marketing degree as well. And honestly, the funny thing is I never knew what I wanted to do, not even growing up through high school or even college. I just pick something that I thought interested me and was in the business field. And, and to be honest, I didn't really know what I was going to do after college. I, I, I don't think I knew myself well enough at that point to really understand exactly what I wanted to do. But somehow after that, I got into a, started my own company and ran a party bus business for seven years, which <laughs> was pretty interesting, but great experience. A party, yeah, from college to party bus, that it's almost a, that could be a book. Yeah, honestly, that's kind of something that I want to eventually write is that story because that was, I did that for roughly six years, seven years. And it was, there's a lot of different sides to that whole story and time in my life. Even though some, a lot of good things, there was a lot of things that were destructive, just the, the, the way I was living my lifestyle at the time, uh, a lot of partying and drinking and just not really. If I look at wellness now as a whole, I wasn't uh, doing that. I, I was, even though I was uh, channeling some sort of balance kind of lifestyle in my head, it was very destructive. And I couldn't imagine doing that again. But at the same time, it led me to where I am now. And I don't, I don't look at myself in any negative way anymore for 
what I've done in the past. I, I don't hold on to that. I don't make myself suffer anymore for that because there was a lot of good things that came out of that. And I believe you have to own your house. I, I think we've all in our past kind of thought back, well, I wish I wouldn't have done that or I would have changed something. That's that old adage. If I could go back, what would I change? Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's some things that, yes, I would change. But at the same time, yeah, I wouldn't be who I am and where I'm at if I changed them. Exactly. It's each little step you take, whatever direction it may be, it's molding you into who you are now. So if you were to take one of those things away, you might not be where you are exactly today. Exactly. Lesson each, when I took martial arts, I had a sensei that always said that each failure is a lesson. Don't take it as a failure. Take it as a step in the right direction because you don't know not what to do again. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love that. I always channel that mentality right now. Is if there's something that seems off, it's what is this trying to teach me? And really, just it's the question that pops in my head. If it's not flowing right or going as planned, let me look and see what this is trying to teach me rather than just uh, neglecting it. Because I, I believe when you neglect it, you don't learn the lesson that you should have and it's going to happen again. Uh, exactly, exactly. So you, when you left... Obviously, you started the party bus business. I'm sure that was lucrative, but again, it was a lifestyle that uh, was hard on you, right? Yeah, it was a good business for coming out of college. And honestly, it was challenging because I didn't really know much about creating my own thing. And so there was a lot of challenges with it. But at the same time, uh, there's a lot of growth behind it with learning because i think when you own your own business it's you got to learn it's all trial and error when you start from scratch it becomes trial and error and over time it just i don't know morphed into something that maybe i didn't even think that it could be and i just just dove into it even more to where i was gonna say let me see how how big i can make it we actually had six buses by the end of it but the the thing was the insurance rates were so crazy high and it's a very high liability business. So it wasn't lucrative to the point where I felt like this is going to be the end all. I don't think I ever thought it was going to be the end all for me, but I wanted to see how far I could push it. I think that was my mentality is I want to, I don't want to like leave this business and be like, maybe I could have made it better in some sort of way. What? <clears throat> I know that you're, an, you're a model and you're a commercial actor. Did that come after that or before? Yeah, no, it came after actually. So in 2016, the, the insurance rates basically almost doubled from the previous year and we were already paying a, a high amount. And I think at that point in time, I was already ready to move on. I, I think I, I felt like this, I felt accomplished for what I was trying to do with the business. And so even when I got the insurance uh, quote back, I wasn't like thinking, oh man, what am I going to do? It was more like, this is sign like signaling. Yeah. Keep going on to the next thing. And so that's when I decided to pivot to New York and there, that was a place I wanted to just live for a long time. I wanted to have that experience and there wasn't really anything holding me back then. I didn't, I wasn't dating anyone at the time. I didn't really, my business was closing down. So why not? go take that leap. And I didn't have any plan, honestly. I just knew I wanted to be in a, a place like that. And I wasn't worried about what I'm going to do for work. I just thought I have all this experience. I have two degrees. I'll get a job, but let me go there and see what happens. And 
when I went there, things just started clicking and uh, they were guiding me into that modeling industry, I think. And I think because I'm, it, it almost opened up the door to my creativity again, I think, being able to go into the modeling industry and, and doing photo shoots, that really aligned with me. And I was looking for something creative because I'm a very, that's a big part of who I am is being able to create each day. And I think it was lacking towards the end of the business there. It was really just more of daily operations with the business. So for me, that was like, oh, wow, I'm liking doing these shoots. I'm, I'm going to keep rolling with this. And I was channeling a lot of joy. And I think when you're in that, that headspace, you just, you keep rolling with it. And I ended up just figuring it out and got contracts somehow. I pitched myself. And I think my biggest asset actually, to be honest, was I knew how to market myself. So I was able to market myself to get into those agencies to create the opportunity for myself. So if anything, I learned from the business standpoint and all that experience was how to approach this as a business. The modeling industry wasn't just, hey, I'm going to approach it as in someone wants to pay me for money, like for my pictures. I'm going to approach it as a from a business standpoint. And, and I think that honestly benefited me. Yeah, I think it would too, especially that industry. My my oldest daughter and her husband are both in the entertainment industry in uh, Los Angeles, which is different than in New York to mm -hmm. a certain perspective, but a lot of yeah. it's the same path. So yeah, I, I understand where you come from on that end. And making it a business is a, is a, a really good model. You thought ahead. It's definitely different in, in out in LA too. I kind of, I went out there to test the waters a bit a couple years ago and it was... I liked it set up in New York a little bit better just because I didn't, I think I didn't want to get a car. I was really loving the city, how it was easy to get around and bounce around. And I think there's honestly more, depending on what you're trying to do, I think there's more opportunity in the modeling industry for New York. So, yeah, I agree with that. And if you become a, I know you became a commercial actor, but a stage actor, I think mm -hmm. there's more opportunity, obviously, in New York. Yeah, there's more opportunity, I think, like in uh, L.A. for like different trying to really get into the acting industry. I don't think that was I think right away I knew that I that wasn't my passion. Like acting wasn't my passion. I think a lot of people think that, oh, like I want to be a movie star because they look at they idolize movie stars and they might be rich for me. I was like, I see the people auditioning for these roles and they're passionate about this stuff. I, that's that instilled into me. So why am I trying to be something I'm not? So I knew right away, I'd cut it off here. Like I enjoy doing the commercials and the challenge of acting out certain things or whatever on a minimal scale. But for me, like the passion doesn't lie in, in doing movies. Yeah, it's a completely, it's a different business, I think. You know, mm -hmm. in regard to that. Yeah. My kids, my kids struggle with it, especially during COVID. Did that affect? It did, but I pivoted. I, so when COVID hit, I came back down to Florida. I was living in New York at the time and came back down to Florida and stayed with my parents for three months. But during that time, I got into gardening and wanted to wanted to learn more. So I actually went out to Hawaii for a work trade thing and did five months working on a farm. And I had all my meals paid for like in exchange. So it was like I'm there doing 25 hours of work a week learning about farming and I have a place to live and meals. So 
that was my COVID experience, to be honest. And I really channeled a lot of growth during that time. So maybe there was nothing really going on as far as modeling jobs or anything like that. I didn't honestly didn't even think about the modeling jobs when I was out there. I just kind of was zoned in on learning and investing myself into being there and fully being there and just decided like, I'm going to stay as long as I can. And I ended up coming back to Florida for the holidays. But yeah, so it it affected me, but I was able to kind of do something that I think really benefited me. And it's going to continue to benefit me in the long run, I think, because it just, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that whole experience. If you're going to learn farming, Hawaii is a good place to learn it. It's Oh yeah, the climates there. There's so many different like climate zones. You can you, you go down like to the desert, to like the rainforest, to like the mountains. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Did you on the Big Island or were you on? I was on Maui. On Maui. Oh, I love Maui. Yeah, Maui's an amazing place. That's our favorite uh, de- uh, vacation spot. Uh, oh yeah. We didn't get to go last year because of COVID and everything was shut down, so we missed last year. But we usually go every year on our anniversary. Oh, awesome. Great yeah, spot. Yeah. Yeah. We're like family there. Everybody, we go to places, we go to the same places and they all recognize us when we come back in, which is really nice. And Oh, that, that that's awesome. Yeah. It's, it was cool to have that experience for that long of a time on the island because, and especially dur- during COVID where there wasn't any tourists. So I was able to see the island in a way that most people didn't get to see it. And it's, Either way, even if I went back there now, it's it's there's still a beauty and there's still an energy there that you don't get on the mainland. Is that where you is that where you got involved in environmental activism? No, the environmental activism came back when I actually got into the modeling industry. I right around that time I went vegan, and that kind of opened up the whole. I went vegan for nutritional reasons. I watched a documentary and it really spoke to me, and but that open up the whole door to seeing how much uh, the meat industry causes the impact on the planet. And I think when I started learning about that stuff, it really just, I just kept going down a rabbit hole into waste and all these different things. I got really big into sustainable living and how to live more minimally and like getting into composting and all these different things to save energy, save water, save waste. Right around that time, I was using my social media platforms before I got into the coaching aspect, I was using a lot all my social media platforms to teach people about whatever I was learning with the environmental stuff and the experiences that I was having. And I was researching a lot of products. I was working with a lot of brands, collaborating with them. So brands that were like doing really good things that are harder to find. So you go to the store, you're not finding like bamboo toothbrushes really ever. And it's stuff like that. And then I linked up with a nonprofit called Our Children's Earth Foundation. And I ended up like collaborating with them and being like the director of sustainability. And so there was a, a lot that kind of uh, followed with the sustainability. It's still a big part of my lifestyle. And even with my my coaching, it's even though it's not a direct, like when I talk, like coach people, it's not, hey, I'm going to teach you how to be sustainable. But a lot of the methods I teach ends up being like benefiting the environment because I want people to eat more of a whole food diet. And and if you're eating more whole foods, you're creating less waste. You're, You're eating less meat, you're creating less emissions and the planet. So all those little things are factors that I think secondary 
benefit. It's not like a direct benefit, but it's, yeah, this also is good for you know the planet. I agree. I agree with you. I admire you for that, taking those steps. Or I've been a vegan. Like it, I told you before, I occasionally will eat fish just because it helps my rheumatoid arthritis inflammation. I'll eat some occasionally, not very often. Mm-hmm. Um, 99.8% vegan, and it's done wonders for my body. So we've been part of that environmental activism for quite some time. Awesome. I appreciate you doing that. I literally, 1984, 1984, the first environmental film festival ever I was part of, which I still, you know, hold dear nice. to my heart. Yeah, it was wow. Cool. Wow. That, that, that's awesome. Yeah, he, there's an actor, and I would, and of course, the, the name slips my memory at the moment. Famous actor. Uh, he's, he's really an environmental nut. And I'll think of it later. We'll pop it in. <laughs> so, at what point in, did something happen in your life that, that you moved into, like you had to re examine everything? And, and did you become a coach after that or before that? After. So, the one benefit that I really, that with the modeling industry that really attracted me to the modeling industry at first was the time, the free time. You have the ability to control your time for the most part. You don't have a nine to five job. And I think coming from my business, getting like where I'm basically controlling my time, even though I'm working a lot, that's, I'm in control of it. Uh, it was a great, you know, pivot because I said, all right, I have all this time. Maybe I can figure out, maybe I, I don't, maybe modeling's not the end all. I'll give it a good shot but I get to control my time to see what else I, maybe I can do. And during that time, I got my personal training certification and I had no desire to train people in the gym. It just, I just was really interested in, after I went vegan, it actually made me really more interested in the health and wellness aspect of things. And I thought, well, this is a great tool to have. We'll see what I do with this later on. It's a good, Hey, if, everything goes to, to crap. I have this personal training certification. I can train people in the gym, but I think about I think that was in 2017. So about two years later in the modeling industry, and I'm really a full-time model and I'm traveling into different spots to do jobs. Like if anyone's needing like a, a model, I'm like, yes, even if it's, I wasn't really picky with it. And I, there was a point where at the beginning of 2019, I really felt like I was, there was something off and it was, my energy was all, all out of whack and I didn't really know what it was. I just, I remember telling someone like, I feel like I'm operating at a different frequency and I don't know what's the issue. And after actually deciding to put things on pause with the traveling and staying still in one spot, and I realized that I needed to reevaluate how I was operating because I felt like I realized obviously I was operating on this fight or flight mode and I wasn't sleeping well at the time. It was just like I said, I was operating at this different frequency. So the first thing that I did was like, let me try to get my sleep schedule down because there's something off. And but like when I combined the sleep schedule it was like I wanted to get up early in the morning and I wanted to start journaling again. And I think that's where a lot of it took place of like that, that change, that switch into, 
I need to focus on my personal well-being first and foremost and form these habits that are going to hold me together and boost me throughout my day so I'm not feeling this like fight or flight mode and feeling that I'm in survival all the time. And that was really the, even though there was other moments and times in my life where there was a lot of, I switched directions in growth, especially I had a, a really hard breakup at the time back in 2015. It made me reevaluate how I was operating a little bit. But I think for me, coach wise in 2019, that was really the like, hey, what's going on? Like, you got to, once I started resolving issues with myself, that's when I realized, wow, I think a lot of people are having these same troubles. Yeah, and it's interesting because people don't, I think we've gotten such, in such a fast paced society. COVID last year had this, when I say this, I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this. It had some benefits to it because it allowed us to sit back for a minute and say, wait a minute. I was in such a pace so fast and such my wife was going into work she'd drive an hour and a half to work in wow. crappy traffic and then work all day in this cramped little office along with a bunch of other people and then drive another hour and a half to get home depending upon the day and the traffic and by the time she got home she's exhausted literally exhausted yes. day to day monday through friday here we go so come saturday she'd sleep most of the day mm. Which is there's no quality, you know, we realize there's no quality of life during COVID. Yeah. She got to work from home for a year and almost a little over a year and three months or a year and four months. And it was nice. We'd get up in the morning, we'd go out on the back patio, we'd have a cup of tea, we'd listen to the birds, we'd watch the flowers, the trees, the dog, and take a break. And then she'd walk into the office, 30 second commute. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. <laughs> And you, we had lunch every day. I'd sit there and uh, she'd take a break. I'd take a break. We'd go have lunch, watch. I have to admit this out loud. We'd watch cartoons. They were adult cartoons. We'd have an American dad or a family guy or something. And so we'd watch that during lunchtime. And then she'd go back to work. I'd go back to work. And when she's done, hey, it was cool. 30-second commute to the living room. It was an opportunity yeah. to reevaluate where and how fast-paced we were. We've, we've been married. We've been together for 32 years which is a lot wow. of time. Wow, and congrats on that. Thank you. It's been a journey, as a lot of my listeners have known, because of my injury at work, not knowing the uncertainty of that, being in a wheelchair for four and a half years, the uncertainty of that, mm -hmm. seven operations, the uncertainty of that, it's been very tough. But it's always been fast-paced, bam, bam. Mm -hmm. And you know, we finally took a breath. And when we took a breath, we went, I don't think I like going to drive to work every day for an hour and a half and fighting all that and blah, 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 blah. So... Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to be able to reevaluate life. No, no. And I think that's the, and I think you're right when you said it. It really, there was good that came from it. There's always good that comes from a bad situation if you can look for it. And I think when COVID hit, I was, I felt like I was more me than ever before because I was, everyone else was operating at my pace because I was already doing those, like that slow motion and that, and that slowing down. And it made me realize how many people were uncomfortable with that. And I think that's what maybe pushed my coaching even more, like thinking, wow, like people are not realizing this is a gift. This is a gift that this time and this connection with people, but to also to slow down and actually think. But that's what 
I think that's what most scares most people is they don't they they don't want to face themselves and it's but the thing is it's if you don't face yourself you'll never understand yourself and what is maybe best for you and it's great that like you guys embrace that time because you start seeing for me it's always been I want to control my time money yes I, money will come but I can care more about controlling my time and doing the things that I want to do and, and not having to be stuck in traffic and stuff like that. Right. So it's great that you guys were able to experience that and see this is maybe we weren't doing something so right that it aligned with exactly like feeling like we're living, you know? Yeah. So it, it makes it in the sleep, even sleep where you started with sleep, getting enough sleep. When you stop and realize that you're getting about four and a half or five hours worth of sleep every night, and then when you start getting more than that, your your body goes, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, it's the it's funny because when I've been doing more interviews and stuff like that, it's the number one thing I always say. It's if you are not your fully rested self, how can you be your best self throughout your day? It's and, and it's so simple to to think about just setting that schedule and being like. I'm going to shut off at this time and I'm going to get up at this time. And that means I can get X amount of hours, <laughs> but we, we want to do all these other things. I think honestly, people just need to reevaluate as in, are these things making you, are they boosting you or are they bringing you down? And I think most times it's, they're not helping you. Oh, exactly. Exactly not. And that's where you come in. You created these habits mm -hmm. and the habits you created were to benefit your health. Had you had yeah. a health crisis of any type? No, I, it was honestly it, the nutrition and, and wellness and or working out have, have been a big part of my life on some sort of level, probably since college. So I'd say almost like I'm 30, I'm also gonna be 39. I'm gonna for almost 20 years, I guess you'd say that it's been a big part of my life. And it only got more like I just mm -hmm. opened the door to more. And we know how to better myself in different ways. The sleep thing didn't come into really affect more until a couple of years ago. But the, just I think the, the thing that I realized the most over time was since I'm choosing to live my life in this way where no one's telling me you have to be at this point, like you have to be here at work at this time. I need to create the habits for myself that are going to make me feel that I'm in control. And right. rather than thinking I wake up, got nothing to do today and I'm and I'm like just lost. So it was all about finding the way to control and in in the sleep thing was the number one thing is I wanted to wake up for sunrise every day. And that there's a real feeling of control when you almost beat the sun up and you do that in that way like where you know, wake up and it's afternoon or like late in the morning you're just like the days that you've already lost time. So that's why I think mm. when you can when you can actually wake up before the sunrise, you're like, I have so much time. And then forming the habits after that to help boost you, to hold you together is another thing. But it all starts just from from the the original thing, the setting. It it didn't happen overnight, to be honest. It took time and it took an, an self-evaluation. That's and that's the thing is I always, for the past probably six or seven years, I've really been looking inward and I've looked, I've started looking inward more and more. So it was, I'm going to peel off a layer. I can see a little bit. 
and I just kept peeling layers off and now I can see a lot more and I just, I want to see more. You know? I, I, I think you're finding yourself and your inner self and that's a very good thing. People mm -hmm. have forgotten. I think society has geared us towards forgetting who we really are. Yeah. No, I, I, honestly, I was, I started to cut you off, but yeah, I, I think most people, I was saying this actually to someone last night, most people, I don't think they know what they exactly want. They are basing their wants and their desires on what society is telling you and what in, in all the things that you're viewing other people. How are you going to know exactly what you want? You're going to get displaced in that. So like maybe 10 years down the line, this is what you think you want. And then there's something that clicks and you're just like, whoa, who, who was I back then? It literally, I've seen myself do that on a very small scale, but I can only imagine if you got married or you got into a job that you don't really love and you 10 years of your life go by and then you're just like that must be mind-blowing to get to that point and just be shocked that <laughs> you don't know yourself exactly and i've talked to a lot of people on my podcast that have reached that point believe it or not and something mm -hmm. in their life changed it and it was abrupt and it was quick and they had to mm -hmm. reevaluate reevaluate their life and their life's purpose and had to shift everything. And they stopped and went, wow, I lost so much. I was, I did that myself. When I got injured at work, I was a sergeant, I was on the way to a lieutenant. All my colleagues, whether they were my, uh, I worked with and or below me when I was sergeant, or on my team when I say below me, went on to be captains, chiefs, commanders, assistant chiefs, lieutenants, sheriffs. Wow. And, and I got stopped right there in my tracks and I, I had to reinvent my life. If from a different perspective, and it took me a couple of mm -hmm. years to do that, where I look back and went, wow. Then I found something I really enjoy doing, which is entertainment. And awesome. then I look back and say, wow, I wasted a bunch of time being a cop. I didn't waste my time being a cop. I need to put that out there. Because I, yeah, I, I was going to say. Thing. I was a good cop. Yeah, um, I was going to say, you don't, it's not wasted time, but it's you just realize that this is maybe better for you now. Yes, yeah, it's, it's more relaxed. My, my wife said I used to be a AAA personality. Now I'm like an A. A, a, a plus, <laughs> which is a little bit. But yeah, we all think we all have to take and develop the habits like you're talking about and the habits that you help people develop through your coaching practice. We need to take that time. Like journaling. Let's touch base on journaling real quick, if you don't mind. So yeah, for sure. You may not understand what journaling actually is. Can you help us with that? Oh, yeah, 100%. So I think journaling kind of when people look at journaling, I think they automatically think, oh, this is work. This is a task. And it turns them off because if they've already have a busy schedule. They're like, wow, like I have to put some thought into this. But the thing is, it's about not really putting thought into it and, and letting the mind wander and go. And what I do is I go, what I've been doing lately is a good little small tip for people out there. If they're wondering how to get started is I go sit out in an area that's nice and quiet. And so I can, and I do this in the morning. This is the way I start my day. And I actually write like a word. I start with a word and I'm like, this is the word that I want to start with. So I think it could be like yesterday or today was like community. And I start writing about what community means to me. And I just say a few things, but, or I start with like, how do I feel today? Or what's the setting around me? And I just write about that. But then it usually opens the door to more. And the whole concept of journaling, I think, is really to self-reflect and see how you're feeling. Are you feeling off? Are you feeling like there's something that needs to be corrected? 
Are you feeling good? Let's keep going with the good. Let's let's try to let's try to keep channeling that mentality. This is something's clicking here. If, if you're feeling off, well, why don't we try to now switch it up to where we're getting back to the good and correcting that. So I think it's all about self, you know, reflection and constantly doing it. So just because you had a great day today, yeah, sure, maybe that carries over tomorrow, but it's really technically impossible to have a great day every day where you're feeling feeling 100% elevated because if you were feeling that way, you wouldn't really know what a great day was. You ha- you have to have a, a day of, of a low, but I think what self-reflecting from journaling has really helped me with personally is how to handle those days that are a little bit lower than the good ones and and not letting my mind drag me down further. Now, do you think with journaling, if they do have some, uh, something bad, do they need to write it down? I personally think or? I personally think that getting it out, if that helps, I think is a great way. But I also think getting it out and noticing it and then changing the direction is probably really the important part of it. So get it out. If you have if you're feeling these like things that are like anger or depression, get it out, write it out and then. As you're writing it out, you have the opportunity to switch the direction because I do really think the words are very powerful in harnessing our feelings. So if you're writing, you don't want to just keep feeding the negative energy. So if you're feeding the negative energy, make sure you switch it up if that's what you're choosing to do to get that out. So I, I used to actually write a lot about things that were more of like a negative way or like just being down. I, it's funny because I went back and read a lot of my journals when I was in New York and, and I was in this like really mentally struggling sort of place. And I read them a year later after that and it was the same. And I was like, I didn't, I'm, this is, I'm in the same state that I was in like a year ago. And it made me realize I'm just feeding that I'm feeding that. So it's, I'm keeping myself in that state of mind by continuing to focus on it. So if I can focus on something different and harness the good feeling and carry it in that direction, that's probably the better for me. And I now, like I said, I feel probably better than I've ever felt before, because I know how to take control of the feelings when they're actually trying to bring me down and combat them better. Yeah, that, I think that really, I think that's helped. It's a positive thing to get your feelings out and whether it be through written word or through talking with somebody, I think that it's a good thing because negative. Yeah, it's, it's also good to talk to a therapist. I do therapy every week, a mental health therapist. And I don't have a, a mental health disorder, but talking to someone that is a professional that will just listen and maybe speaking it out kind of helps you navigate it a little bit better. Writing it out and being in your own place with those thoughts and feelings isn't going to probably really resolve it on a grander scale unless you really know how to p- harness the power of your mind. Mm-hmm. The I think the word why I wrote community the other day on my thing was like, I really understand the power of not doing things alone. And that's why I call myself the wellness wingman with a coach. I am your support system throughout your journey because it is so hard to do it alone. You lack the confidence, you lack the clarity, you lack the control. And 
and you lack the support, even if your friends or family say they support you, are they invested into your goal? Most likely not. They're probably invested into their goals. So I really realize that is the most important thing I'm offering my clients on a grander scale because it's a thing that will help them gain the confidence themselves in themselves to continue to fly afterwards. Because I'm not trying to help someone lose like 30 pounds and then me just step aside and then they gain that back. I want them to form the habits to create lasting change and they be able to do it by themselves. And I think you specialize in a very holistic approach. In my opinion, it's a holistic approach because you're not following a book. You're not just saying, follow this step. Here's your sheet of paper. I used to work in a fitness center where they did that. They'd go, okay, here, do this. When you're done, wave at me. The situation, you have a more personalized attention. You have yeah. With management, time management and, and those kind of things, right? Yeah, it's literally exactly what you said. It's just more of a holistic. And I, it's not a one size fits all. It's literally case by case. So if someone comes to me, you're most likely going to have something different than this other person over here that that is holding you back from reaching your goals. You have a lot, you have a different life. So that means we have to formulate a plan that's different. And you're going to most likely probably have a different personality, a different way you function. So I, I need to be able to be that support system for how you function and, and realize that, okay, this person is a little bit more sensitive. This person is a little bit more assertive with what they want. So it really isn't. And that's why when I was creating my coaching, I was looking at a lot of things, just like what you said, a lot of people out there just offering like a library of like, here's my coaching method and you can download it and watch my videos. That, that personally doesn't speak to me. Like I don't, mm -hmm. if I'm hiring a business coach or some sort of coach in my life, which I've done in the past year, I've had, I've worked with a couple of people. The, the thing that attracts me is I want to interact with you. I want to pick your brain. I want to collaborate with you. And that's important. How, how, well, we'll talk about this. How important is a support system like that in order to achieve goals? Oh, it's going to probably either make or break you, to be honest. I, you can do it alone, trust me. But do you want to waste the time and the energy that you're going to and, and not know if you can get out of the place that you are? So when I was hiring a business coach back in January, I was literally having this kind of moment of thinking like, okay, yeah, I, I, do I want to spend the money? on someone that can help me and be my support system? Or do I want to save that money and spend the time and energy and, and maybe not even realize how if it's going to better me at all because I'm in it alone? I was like, I'd much rather spend the money, invest into myself in that way, save the time and energy and try to and, and have a better chance of reaching my goals. And most likely, it's going to bring me more money in over time because I'm in a better state of mind because I think your personal wellness is the the foundation for success in all areas of your life. How do you think nutrition plays in that? Nutrition is uh, probably next to the mental aspect of things. Nutrition is probably right up there and it's how you feel your body. So if you are re-energizing your body in your mind by rest, you're basically getting that rest, re-energizing, you're charging that battery. How are you going to fuel yourself throughout the day? Same thing, like putting, what are you putting in your body? What are you putting, it was whatever you're putting in your body or in your mind. Those are the things, but the nutrition, it's the bigger piece of the puzzle, especially if someone's trying to lose weight or even just 
get healthier. I, I think it gives you more clarity, to be honest. And I think that's the the thing that's holding a lot of people back is they are they've grown up in a certain way where they look at food in a certain sort of way, whether it's through family and connection. And it becomes a, a like almost like an energy exchange in that way. But they don't realize like that is not really the foundation of the energy exchange. It's really about being around the community and breaking bread with them. It's not that what you're putting in the body, but they're associating it with that. And then I didn't really learn that until I went vegan and I went home for Thanksgiving and my parents are eating, you know, turkey. And I'm like, I don't feel like I'm missing out at all. Like I'm, this is what the holiday means is being with them. And I think it, it becomes very, because they have those deeper connections to the food, but it's, if not the most important thing, it's like one of the top tiers. I, do you think people are afraid of when you said vegan, you're a vegan. I, as we said earlier, I'm primarily vegan. People should people be, I know that there are, I said, afraid is the wrong word for it. There are people that think that you have to be a hippie to be a vegan. So oh. <laughs> okay, let's dispel that okay, a little bit, can we? Yeah, it's, I think more people are losing that mentality because I think it's going mainstream. I think it's just really hard for people to wrap their heads around own, not eating processed foods. That's more of my thing, what I think people are having the, the trouble with. And we've, most people have been so misinformed by society with needing this amount of protein or this you can't gain muscle with or that. So I think that's really more of the, the things that are in front of people's minds rather than it being a hippie thing. Cause I think they realize it is a healthy thing. They just don't know enough to how to grab hold of it and do it right. And honestly, it probably took me a good year to get it right. I, and the way I got it right was through simplifying. It really was what, and I was paying attention and I really want to, I'm in the starting point of writing a book about this, but it's about like really hacking your satisfaction and paying attention to your satisfaction and where you receive it from. And to me, I started realizing I was receiving satisfaction from food through textures, not just the flavors. So I was able to see, well, and it all comes back to being aware and taking that time to think and, and identify, but if I was craving some, if I used to eat meat a lot, I wanted something that gave me the bite of the meat, like right. the same bite, because I felt like that's what I was craving. That what it wasn't the meat. And at the beginning, yeah, maybe my body was weaning off the meat, but I slowly started realizing the satisfaction came not just from the meat. It just came from the replacement of the texture and making sure I was getting the proper nutrients. Because if I'm getting the texture and I'm getting the flavors, which also, I think if you get, if you eat the, the whole food plant-based diet and I eat more of the vegetables that are high in nutrients, they have more flavor. So if you're buying depleted nutrient stuff, you're going to be lacking flavor. You're going to be lack, your taste buds are going to be lacking. So of course you're going to be craving meat. So it really does pay to buy better things because you're paying for the nutrients and I, AKA the flavor as well, because those are correlated. Well, and I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I, I eat 
organic. I'm really strict about that. I, I eat organic vegetables, organic fruits, mm-hmm. and things like that. I am like, I could be about it. I'll just, I'll be nice with my language. <laughs> the thing of it is that you can tell the difference in taste yeah. between an organic strawberry and a, a, a farm raised full of junk, full of whatever else. You can taste the flavor. You can mm-hmm. feel the flavor. It is, it's amazing. So what you're saying is 100% coming from somebody that does it as well flavor and food and the nutrients help satisfy you when you eat and if you don't use whole foods i know that you promote the whole foods i do that as much as i can but there's alternatives out there for others that that really good replacements like beyond beers and beyond oh beers yeah that are I, all I think those are good I think those are good transitional foods, but I don't think they're, they're still very processed though. I think they're good for the environment. I back them for the environmental reasons. Do I back them for health reasons over if I, if you were going to eat them every day? No, I would say that to me is still very pro like, it's not really, I guess the, the foundation is not vegetables in, 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 yes, it is. There's soy and stuff like that, but in, in my mind, it's made in a lab. So it is good. It is good for transitional vegans. I completely agree. There's so many great options like the Beyond Burger and Impossible Foods and different types of seafood that have been made into vegan. Honestly, I don't ever feel if I, when I had that stuff as I was transitioning, when it first came out, I was like, wow, I'm, why do I need to eat meat? And it I literally thought that. It does help. You. Yeah, I literally thought that. And it really helped me just slowly wean myself off of having meat in a certain way. And then if you do crave something like a burger, it is great to have. But I think as far as a, a nutrition standpoint, it's n- it, from the, the, the planetary standpoint, yes. From the nutrition standpoint, I wouldn't eat it every day. I, I I agree with that. I do agree. But okay. I thought I might bring that up because I know there are people out here going, maybe I'm going to explore vegan, but I don't think I could just drop it. So it's almost like you can't cut dr- the prescription drug right at the, you can't just cut it off. You have to yeah. wean off of it. So it's an opportunity to maybe explore a vegetarian or vegan start lifestyle. Yeah. No, 100%. I think more people, I think more people should uh, take the time to actually try some of these things because you're going to be like, honestly, even from my standpoint, I get, I'll go to a restaurant and have like, if I have the impossible burger and I haven't had it in a while or something like that, I'm like, are you sure this isn't meat? And I get worried that I might be eating meat. So it, from a vegan standpoint, and I think it's meat, that's, it, it's telling you something. Exactly. Speaking of weight, you had mentioned earlier about weight. I know that you do a lot with helping women lose weight in regard to why did you, why do you, what's your passion with that? So in, as far as women or like directing it towards women or just having them lose oh, weight. Okay. I think weight in particular, I think first off it's, I want to help women lose weight because I feel like they are a bit more in tune with, with themselves. And I think a bit more, a lot of my coaching is very mindset and I think they're able to pick up on the messages a bit better. I'm very in touch with my emotional intelligence. So I think they, that's something that really allows you to thrive with, uh, when you have a goal. And I really utilize that with helping people lose weight. I want them to connect to something deeper than just, hey, I want to look good. 
I want them to, when I ask them, well, what, what do you want? Why do you want it? And I don't want, I don't think most people, like, like I mentioned earlier, I don't think most people know what they want, really want. And I really try to get them to harness in on those things deep down, as in maybe you have a family and you want to lose weight. You have to start putting these things in your mind. Maybe I don't want to, I don't I want to be around for my grandkids. I want to be around for this. So I want them to connect it to an emotional level because that's what's going to keep you driving forward towards your goals of weight loss. If you don't have a strong enough goal, it's going to be much easier to quit. And I think uh, that is a very important step. Weight loss is the foundation I think most people desire. They want that outer body look to look good. They want to look like, and they want to look on the outside, how they want to feel on the inside. And I believe a lot of that comes down to the mindset. So I, it's the habits in the mind that are going to keep you doing the, the things to lose the weight. I start off with, this is what I'm really focused on people that are want to lose weight and regain control of their lives. Because I think a either most people want to lose weight or regain control of their lives because I feel like if you're not feeling in control because you're feeling overwhelmed, I think a lot of people can relate to that. And usually if you're feeling out of control and overwhelmed, most likely you might need to have to lose some weight because you're not to put together in the way that you're eating healthy and you're taking the time for you. So I think all that correlates. And but to dive a little bit further down into it, I really think that what I'm doing, it could be called life coaching, but it all starts with the wellness aspect of things. It all starts with you taking care of yourself and you're forming these habits that are going to contribute to your life. So when I coach anyone, I don't tell me all your goals. You don't have to just tell me like your weight loss goal. What is your greater goals? Like they're all going to be connected in some sort of way, most likely, because if you want to get into a new career, you lose some weight, you're feeling more confident to take that leap because you already made a big change to your life. It's not so scary anymore. All that stuff aligns. So that's why I direct it more at losing weight. And I'm really, like I said, the nutrition is really the, a big passion of mine. And it's, I feel like we've been taught wrong and it's, so it's a big passion of mine. It's a big passion of mine because I want to help people realize it's, it's not that hard. It's not that hard. Yeah. I mean, if you look at an, you look at an animal knows what to eat mm -hmm. and it knows when to stop. It's one of those things. And I think innately, especially here in America, I'm American, mm -hmm. I'm not trashing America, but a quick note on that. I, I interviewed a guy that literally was American. He got a job in China. He went to China. They said, oh, are you from Great Britain? And he said, no, I'm from America. And they said, the guy said, you can't be. And he said, why not? He said, because you're not fat. <laughs> uh, the, the guy literally told him that. And it went, wow. And had to tell him thinking about that. And he says, is that the perception that people over here have of Americans? And they mm -hmm. said, yeah, fat and lazy. And whether or not that's media teaching them that or whatever, but he goes, I wonder where that mindset came from or where that, I wonder where that developed. He really had to stop and think about it. And it hit him like, wow, I cannot believe that person just told me that. It was crazy. Yeah, it makes, it honestly makes sense too when you, A, if you look at the numbers of how many people die per year, and this is actually a, a good fact for you. Do you know that I think there was 300 
three hundred or three hundred fifty thousand deaths from COVID last year. Do you know how many deaths were from heart disease? No. Double that. No kidding. So that is the that should that's where I look at what the news is pushing and all in society as a whole and say, hey, look, like why are we not teaching our kids and people how to be healthier if that's going to prevent deaths? And it's it, it makes me think that there's these underlying intentions in certain ways. And I think maybe also the pharma, I, I have no, I'm not saying trashing the pharmaceutical industry by any means, because I know it, it helps alleviate pain and helps do some miracles. I think science is great, what we can do, but I think there's something money related behind it that prevents, let's keep people sick and, and unhealthy. And that's like why I think all these other countries have, because there is more regulations than I think other countries with, yeah, hey, like a lot of the things that we're able to eat and they're putting in cereals, et cetera, it's like- don't allow over there. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I could see why other countries are looking at us. This is what we look at you like, because this is how you guys are pretty much. You have mm-hmm. a three-step program, three-step methodology that helps to people to improve their lives. Yes, I do. And uh, you want me to tell about it? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I went over it a little bit in throughout our conversation, but the step one is slow down. And what I mean by like slowing down is the same way I slowed down with when I was operating on this fight or flight mode and I was constantly moving around and not sleeping and just kind of at this pace that wasn't best for me. Almost like at the pace that most of us were before the pandemic hit or just go. And so slow down and number two is quiet the noise. So I combined those two really. The best way to explain is my morning routine. So I start it really slow. I, I want to get up the morning at my own pace. So I decide this is the time I'm going to wake up. I want to wake up slow. And then I don't want to let the noise in right away. So I think most people grab their phones first thing in the morning. I will not touch my phone for the first hour of the day because that is control right there when you don't it's your choice you don't have to pick up that phone and i think as soon as you pick up that phone you're operating on someone else's pace so it's really important to quiet that noise because you have to gain that structure of being able like hey i can actually take this time for me and that's where the third um, step goes into is opening your mind so that's where my whole morning routine comes from is slowing down. I'm going to start the day off slow. I go and I journal and, and it's in a quiet setting. I usually go by the beach down in Florida here. And then I write. And I think opening the mind is really about when you have, when you're sl- slowing down and you're quieting noise, then that's when you can open your mind. Hence the journaling. Even, even if you don't do the journaling, it just allows you to think and allows you to understand what your body needs. And that's where I think a lot of the growth comes in, because if you're not able to do those things, you're never going to be able to gain that clarity and that control and eventually that confidence to take the leap forward in doing what you really desire, because you're not even going to know what you desire. You're not if you're not if you're not taking that time. So it's a big part of my process. And just to really briefly run it down for you is I help people form their schedules. I, I literally 
said, I want to know what your morning routine is, what your daily routine is like, what your evening routine is like. And I want to find that time for you to create this schedule where you feel like you're in control, where you get this sleep schedule. And if mornings work best for you, we're going to harness the power of the morning so you can actually take the time and slow down. And I think in, in, in a lot of times is, okay, if you're going to take the time to slow down and you're going to have that time for you, whatever, it could be something that is, you can even do a workout in the morning that, and I do yoga every day in the morning. So do I activate my mind through the, the journaling and I activate my body through the yoga and it's really easing into the day like that. But a lot of those little things could be tweaked. It's just about taking that time for you. So you can do, if you want to get a workout in and you don't have any other time out throughout the day and you want to get go to the gym, do it, but take the time. That's where the magic is taking the time because in shutting down. So quieting the noise and slowing down means I'm going to slow down, like thinking that I have to go and I'm going to embrace this time and not feel bad about it. It shouldn't be like, I need to get this done to get to the next thing. Because then you're losing sight of actually this time and what the value is of. Because I think even actually, I'll just touch on it really quick. My One of my clients, she was telling me how she was trying to get her workouts done because she was been so busy, but she would always be thinking about what she had to do afterwards. And I said, that's not being present for the workout. That's not going to actually help you out. You're going to be holding on to some sort of resistance and actually losing that weight and letting your body digest the things because you're stressing yourself out. So a big part of like weight loss comes down to, to stress and slowing down in the pace that you're at and being present will help alleviate that stress. And that's really the, the foundation when you slow down and quiet the noise and open your mind to the to where you want to go, what you want to do, what you need, what you want to eat. Kind of what you said is like, we got we know we're smart, like human beings. It, it, just like what you said with the animals, like we know what we need. Our bodies, we're, we're, we're very, very smart human beings here. That's the gist of it. And that can be replicated in many different ways. But that's literally the foundation is find the time for you and quiet out the noise and open yourself up to seeing things differently. That's where it is really is we're so used to stuck in our ways. It's hard for us to see in a different way, especially if we're going to continue the pace that we're at. So by slowing down, you're able to, oh, maybe that was, maybe that isn't the best thing for me kind of thing. That's so a good, that's a good thing to stop and look and reevaluate. Yeah, each time it really is to stop and take a breath. It's the old cliche, stop and smell the roses. Exactly, and really, it's an old cling, but it works. Yeah, so, with all the, a lot of the a lot of the old things, they're not broken. Still, they work well. So let's talk about how to get a hold of you and what you. Can yeah, do. you can get a hold of me on my website, philipmangan.com. I offer a free thirty-minute coaching consultation that you can book on that website. Also, I offer a free ebook as well on how to create a healthy morning routine. So you can download that on my website, and if you want to. Follow me on Instagram. I do a lot of my, my posts geared towards coaching, and it's Philip Anthony Mangan. And uh, yeah, I just definitely would love to connect with you guys. That's fantastic. Now, this is one more thing before you go. So before we leave, 
And before we go, do you have any words of wisdom you'd like to share? Sure. I'll, I'll share some more. Yeah. Lately, I've been really channeling this mentality of everything is, is working out for me, no matter what I do and what decision I choose. And just, I, I think a big part of self-growth and, and weight loss and wellness in general is having faith and confidence in yourself. And I think you have to harness that on your journey and you have to be fearless because it's, you have to remember that this is your goal and whatever you want to create, this is your life. And you have to really harness the mentality that you can't let the outside forces interfere with that. You have to be straightforward of, and almost selfish in a way because by you being selfish is actually not going to be selfish in the grander scheme of things. You take that time for you, you're most likely going to be better off in your relationships and your interactions throughout your day and being able to do more good for yourself, your family, for your job. So be selfish to a small extent because that is actually going to benefit you and and don't be so hard on yourself. That's a, another thing that I really have harnessed this year is we the world uh, throws enough punches at us. We don't need to beat ourselves up to. We don't need to add to it. We need to wellness is uh, if you're channeling self-love in, in many different ways, talking negatively to yourself and beating yourself up is doing the opposite. So remind yourself that it's wellness could be many different things, but if you're lacking in that one area, it's going to hold you back from actually taking a leap forward on a grander scale. So give yourself more love in, in all the ways and, and be selfish because that is actually giving yourself love and taking that time for you. It's not if you think about the grand scheme of things, one one hour of the day is 5% of your day. That's it's our life. We should take the time for us. Those are excellent words of wisdom, outstanding words of wisdom. Thank you, well, sir. Well, thank you very much for sharing your journey with me and with uh, our listeners and our viewers. I really appreciate it. And thank you for sharing your insight, your expertise, and your optimism. Thank you for what you do. <laughs> for people in the world, for helping move people forward in a positive way. You're an outstanding human being, and I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much, Michael. It's been a pleasure. I will have everything about Philip and how to contact him, including his website, in the show notes. So look for them. You can also uh, obviously listen to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and all the rest of them. So thank you very much. One More Thing Before You Go, a unique conversation about life podcast, is a creation of One More Thing Productions, established 2010, all rights reserved.